to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host. And hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Tip Top Tim Fitch, and welcome to the Construction Big Breakfast. Today, we'll be diving into some interesting topics, uh, mentoring, uh, all things to do with geotechnical professional institutions in the UK, health and fitness, and how actually being physically in an office can lead to long-term relationships, both professional and personal. And today, well, joining me for today's podcast is uh, Ebenezer Aidan Moson, who's uh, someone I've known for a very long time indeed. Welcome to the podcast, Ebs. Thanks, Tim. Can you give our listeners a little introduction about yourself? Okay. Uh, my name is Ebenezer. I'm a civil engineer uh, who specialised in uh, ground engineering. Um, I run my company uh, called Geofirma. Uh, we are a firm of geotechnical ground specialists. Um, we get involved with all major projects, all, all, all manner of projects. Uh, piling jobs, uh, ground investigations, and anything to do with the ground that would help our uh, construction colleagues. Terrific. Ebs, it's great to have you on today. But of course, as you know, if you've done a bit of research, the first question before we get into the topics is, well, what did you have for breakfast today? What did I have? Um, This morning, I had a smoothie. Um, Yoghurt, strawberries, blackberries, uh, mangoes. Um, bananas and some flaxseed. That sounds all blended super up. Healthy. It is. Yeah. It is. You know. With milk, just milk in it. No milk, just yogurt. Yogurt. Oh, well. no, that's, that sounds pretty good. It was. It was. It was, it was tasty. Yeah. It's yeah. tasty. Yeah. So maybe that leads us on because, of course, <laughs> I had uh, a bacon roll from. Oh, uh, Tim, uh, that's not good, is it? From uh, <laughs> the taxi shack, which is in Russell Square, run by Jude. She does a very good bacon roll. I'm getting hungry, I, I I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> After I limit myself to one a week. Now. So let's just, well, maybe we should start with health and fitness because we met each other, I think, in around 2003 ish. Yes, it was when I joined a, a company. How much their names? You can, of course, you can. When I joined Cementation Piling. That's right. As, yeah. a, as a designer. And I was just on the exit ramp, really, because I left in 2004. Mm. And I suppose we bumped into each other a few times in institutions civil engineers since. Yes, we have, yeah. I mean, I, I, I attend the most, well, quite a few of the uh, grand of the BGA meetings. Uh, and I think, yes, we, we, we've met a few times um, in the Great George Street, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Until, of course... We used to start, or we still do, bump into each other regularly at our local gym. Correct, yes. Um, I usually get there a bit before you do, not Tim. You do? I'm usually leaving when you arrive. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we do go to the same gym. And it was, yes, it's, it's, I think exercise is a very important part of uh, keeping one you know, up and going. That's one of my mottos. I, I absolutely agree with you. And... Um, well, I started my real health and fitness kick about four years ago, four and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, I've kept that regime going more or less, even through lockdown. Although we couldn't go to the gym for ages, but... Um, I do remember bumping to you immediately after lockdown in the gym. 
Yeah. yeah. That was first few days back is difficult, isn't it? After a break. It is. I, I did I, I have a jogging machine in the house, so I was using that. Yeah. And I do have a few 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 bucks. Let's just just quickly go back to the how how we met at Skanska. I mean, I th- I, this is a theme that we we do promote through this podcast is that you know creating net personal networks mm-hmm. is really important. But creating them is one thing; you need to maintain them. You do. Those you occasional know. touch points at the institution of civil engineers, and now much more regularly at the gym. Yeah, uh, is why we're sat here today. Because I thought that it was is. Yeah, it's yeah. a really interesting person to get on because you we're, we're going to find out soon about what else you've done but when we were just chatting before we started filming of course we both met our wives in Maplecross house which is where we both used to work yes we did yeah yeah so it does go to show that um for all those working at home (laughs) there is a reason to go to the office other than to earn a living yeah get a life partner It all comes here, it's all part of the deal. Okay, that's great. So, after your time at Sk- when did you actually start your, your own business? How many years ago was that? I started probably about six years ago. So, uh, I left Semo's Cementation Piling 2007, um, after which I freelanced for a bit. And then, um, with a view of setting up my own business, and that kind of the, the freelancing actually led me to develop um, my contacts, uh, my networks, which led to um, me being able to obtain enough clients to start my business. So that was a, a very important part of, of the kind of strategy. Yeah, so I'll just say we've been there. Obviously, we must have started a similar sort of time. We've been going, this is our 11th year now. Okay, that's good, really good. Yeah. I don't regret it, it's the best decision I made. Um, you probably feel the same way. Yes, because I think what I learnt about myself um, was that I wasn't really wired up okay. to work for a large corporate, although I did for 20 odd years. Um, I can remember six months or so after we started the business, you know, we just still tramping the streets, getting the odd commission. Yeah. Um, it had been successful enough that I wasn't concerned we were going to run out of money or anything like that. And Alice and my wife said to me one day, she said to me, I've never known you so happy. And I thought, actually, that's an interesting observation. And she, she was right. Because all of, for me, the constraints of corporate life, I think was probably certainly making me unhappy. It's probably making me unwell as well. I think, for me, um, I think setting up my own business led me to kind of get out of my shell. I think when I was in the corporate setting, I was very um, aware and I didn't, I wasn't probably the most outgoing person for certain reasons, because I felt constrained. And I think I've kind of developed my confidence a lot um, since I set my open center to business. Obviously you you need to have confidence to um, grow a business, you need to believe that you can do it. Um, although, as you're saying, there are times when you kind of doubt. Um, I think the, if you go into not expect it to be a success, you probably making a big mistake. You probably are, but you have doubts, moments of doubt, but you just yeah. have to keep on pushing on. And I think that helps build your confidence. And I think if you can do that, I think 
towards the oyster in, in terms of that's what I see anyway. I think we're right minded there. I think we are. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about so you've you've got your consultancy business, all yeah. things geotechnical foundations yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, which obviously it, it, there is a, a I was gonna say a, a pun. That's a that's a, a sort of fairly conventional furrow to be ploughed. It is in engineering, you've got an engineering consultancy, but you're you're doing stuff above and beyond servicing your clients. Yeah. I know we were talking before you you're heavily into mentoring. Yes, I am very much into mentoring. Uh, one of the initiatives I've been involved in um, very recently was um, setting up uh, the Grand Forum Undergraduate Mentoring uh, Scheme, which um, the Grand Forum is an umbrella group for all um, grand engineering uh, trade bodies, which include the BGA, the AGS, the BDA, the Federation of Piling Specialists. Uh, and I've been involved um, in setting up this scheme, which involves linking um, undergraduates uh, studying gram-related um, yes. um, subjects with mentors within the industry. So those would be people who are actually working in industry. So it involves linking the mentees and the mentors so as to give them an idea of what the industry is going to be like and also instilling them the importance of hard work, networking, and also um, giving them the chance to see what they can be um, if they stick in the industry. So that's, I mean, that's really, really uh, sort of giving a lot back it, to, it, to the industry. It is. I mean, we, we, we are a team. Um, the, the, we're working with um, uh, Steve Hadley, who is um, the chair of the FPS. And uh, we also have... Um, uh, a mentoring, a company called Stair uh, Mentoring, who also helps us to administer the scheme. So it, we've, we've completed the first year, which was very successful. We're just launching the second year, and we have uh, 35, uh, if I remember rightly, mentees who have signed up the scheme and have been matched with mentors. So, so when you say it's undergraduates, this is undergraduates studying what? Engineering, geology? Engineering, geology, civil engineering. Yes. Um, even we have one or two studying structures. Um, yeah, I think we have one or two studying. I think we have one studying structures and architecture. So it, it's kind of a the the idea is to, that we're looking to focus mainly on the ground science subjects. But we are getting interest from people who are, want to do structures, who want to do uh, environmental subjects. So it is becoming uh, quite, I think, uh, an attraction. That just that's an interesting point about the environmental stuff because that's obviously very it's very very prominent at the correct moment, yeah in the sort of general public's mind yeah. because it's obviously associated with climate change and things like it that. it is and i think in whatever industry you're in um whether it's ground geotechnical whether structure the architecture uh, we can all do our part to um address the issues of um sustainability um by designing economically uh, and designing in a sustainable way. And I think that's where we have to go. We don't have a choice. That's where the world's going. And if you don't do that, you'll be left behind. You will be left behind. Mm. And but it's also, it's, I know one of your, one of the key things has always 
when I, because I've been in the BGA yeah. for 35 years. <laughs> I know it's 35 years, you preceded a Pell badge that came in a post from Imperial College. So I graduated as a postgraduate 35 years ago, and it was during my time at Imperial that I joined the BGA. Yeah. I think. I big... must be one of the father of the house or something. <laughs> uh, it pop- well, um, I remember the BGA as you as you probably know. I do. I mean, we we do actually see each other fairly regularly at some of the yes. events, and we are probably going to be seeing each other at the Fleming Awards. She's on. Well, she's two days. It's going to be two days after filming this, so be, <laughs> you'll be watching this after the Fleming Awards. Yeah. But yeah, we we are both involved in that. Yeah. Which actually brings me up to that. I've got two lasting legacies because I used to be on the whatever it was called, the board or the committee, the committee, it's committee the EGA, yeah. a long time ago I was on it. And my, there's a legacy from my time there, which is the Fleming Award. I devised that. Oh, okay, it, it wasn't my idea to have a Fleming Award, but the format of it and making it happen, the first one was me. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the main, I think, events of the year in the Jetanic calendar, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, and I remember when we, came up the format, it was all going to be about teamwork. Yeah. Sort of morphed into collaboration. But that's yeah, rather than being focused purely on the technical. Yeah. Um yeah, it's amazing. It must be about twenty years old now. Mm. So that's lasted. So the other thing which we talked about beforehand is that uh, I think ten or eleven years ago I created the LinkedIn group for the British Geotech Association. And although groups on LinkedIn have sort of, they're trying to tease them out, that one is still growing really fast. Yeah. I, was, I think I was saying to you, I would say 30 people a week still joining it. It's got over 3,000 members. Yeah. And it's reasonably active, but. I think there are things that you could have been, I mean, I'm a member too. Um, I guess it's a question of who uh, takes on the responsibility for it, and I guess. Well, I've I've been administrator. I'm not the only administrator. Okay. But since I'd say the early days of it, it's no one from the BGA has actually ever contacted yeah. me. Uh, so there's an opportunity. Maybe because you're doing be, such a good job. Well, no, except I'm not because all <laughs> I do is vet the people who want to join. Yeah. And I let most people in unless they start misbehaving after the event. Yeah. Pick them out, but that's very few. But that that is an opportunity for the BGA to market, not market, to spread the word about what they're doing. Yeah, because obviously the memberships from all over the world. And uh, but, but I guess um, just but we, we we most of us as well come from an engineering background, kind of um, indicate that or kind of state that we, we don't feel respected in society or we're not recognised. And I guess we have avenues such as the ground, we're not really using them to kind of... But one, I'm speaking as an engineer as you are, is that one characteristic, of which is typical of most engineers, is they're quite understated. I mean, I may not be typical. They've got a high degree of humility about what they do. And of course, that is the uh, humility, people say is virtue, but in marketing it's a sin. Yes, it is. And if you don't blow a bit of your own trumpet, then people won't even know what you're doing, let alone be able to respect you. Because respect comes with understanding what's some or the perception of what you think someone's doing. Yeah. 
But if you don't know, you know, it's not so much disrespect, it's, it's no view at all, which is... Yeah, and I think in today's kind of world where everyone kind of blows their trumpet, People who haven't, some people who haven't really done much, they blow their trumpets. I think you kind of have to probably do it a bit more, especially if you're trying to encourage new people into the industry. And I think one of our failings as an industry, I think probably the engineering in the engineering city is that we don't, as you're saying, we don't tell people what we do. And that doesn't kind of, it doesn't bring people in the, it doesn't, if people don't know what you do, how are they going to come into the industry? It, it, it is. People don't make it sound exciting. I mean, what's interesting for me is when there were, I mean, they're there already about high speed too, the, yeah. the TV shows. There have been others in the past, there was a series of really, really great ones on Crossrail. I yeah. can remember there was that um, when St Pancras was being re. We, we renovated, yeah, yeah. renovated there was a really really great one there because I knew most of the characters and of yeah. course the, the guy who was running it he didn't want to be on camera he was prepared to be off camera speaking yeah. it was, they were all fascinating because they're great little soap operas but they're also immense projects yeah. and the Crossrail one you know, all those huge station tunnels and this is all before it all went not before it went wrong it obviously already gone on but before anyone outside of the project realised there's a problem with mm. getting it finished on time. People were amazed. And of course, once it really does open, whether it's sometime next year, touch wood, um, people will see there's this amazing thing that got built whilst they were walking up and down yeah. the street. And, you know. But I think that, the, as, as we said previously, it is about blowing our trumpets. I think, as an engineer, you're not kind of trained to do that but I think if we are going to make the public realise the benefits of what we do and also encourage more youngsters to come into the industry we have to blow our trumpets we do no no you, you're absolutely right yeah. uh, we, well, I'll blow my trumpet now but yeah quite a lot of what we do is around helping businesses market themselves okay yeah and a lot of it um, yeah, engineers it's almost like a dirty word mm. marketing except well it, it's not it's just part of a business process yeah it's the front end of your business process and it's the important part because if you don't do that especially as a small business which to, I mean when you're I think probably the reason why engineers don't see marketing as being important is because you have the large companies who have established themselves and they probably get work for reputation. They probably don't have to market that much. I think when the newer, newer businesses come through, they have to. What I see, you're right. I mean, once you, when you first start, if you don't do any marketing, then yeah. you're gonna be staring at a wall. Correct. Because the phone won't ring. That's just a fact. Mm. Yeah, unless you're extremely famous then you have to have a brand so even if you were in quite a prominent position you know it doesn't result in inquiries no so but the other thing about construction is I mean, I'm talking from a contractor's point of view but it's not really that different you know we've got an awful lot of architects and engineers as clients yeah. and a lot of them you know they, they don't see that they can have any impact on the market 
Yes, well, I didn't get any quarries last week. Mm. There must be a recession. But in actual fact, it might be that they just didn't get any quarries, but they're going elsewhere. Yeah. And uh, for instance, of course, contractors, I mean, they've even set up massive national lobby groups for the, there's, you know, particularly for infrastructure to say to the government, we want to see all the work for the next five years. Yeah. Otherwise, we can't invest. But the fact is, it's a bit helpful to do that, but they won't invest in anything because uh, construction doesn't know how to do it. I mean, apart from buying a bit of plant or something. But yeah, yeah the, the people who really lobbied for that, the main contractors, don't own any plant usually. Yeah. They, uh, but they want to be able to plan their business better. Great, and another thing, going good, gosh, I think that's probably one of the things, I think, problems within the industry. I think um, projects. I mean, as a business ourselves, we, we tend to have a very short lead into a lot of the projects we get involved in. Um, and, and it is nice to be able to plan things, you know, as you're just saying. But it just happens that as an industry, and, and that's probably why we, we, we are not very good at, you know, projects tend to overrun and kind of whatever. We're not very good at planning things. We're not great at looking forward and kind of, you know. Well, what we yeah. know is because it's, pro- it's a project orientated industry. It is, yeah. Uh, people think we're, unless, you know, it's clients you have projects, so mm. therefore the client either sends us an inquiry or they don't. Yeah, for most businesses, you only need to address a tiny part of the market yeah. to have more work than you know what to do with, even in a bad time, because good marketing will lead to an absolute torrent of opportunity, and then it becomes around choice correct yeah and that's when you think we've got 10 inquiries which ones do we go for yeah we might yeah. you might sensibly say well if we bid five and we win two that would be good and, and it's also been in the long time you know, if you're choosing yeah, yeah. those five from ten they're going to be better than choosing five from five correct worse choosing one from one and having to win it yeah. because the you know, i've spent 25 years in the front end of construction businesses and what I've learned is as soon as someone says this project's a must win that's when the alarm bell should be going off mm. if you're the owner of a business yeah because although people say oh, it's for strategic strategic positions of our sort you know we can make a lot of money out of it what they really mean is desperate for work and therefore we've got to win it and I guess that goes I mean I think if there's desperation at the top then it kind of feeds down. It feeds down, you get bad decision yeah. making, and it also, client will pick up on it and they'll exploit it. Yeah. And what's interesting, because obviously we do this sort of thing for a living, we, you know, you watch the the large tier ones, their, the stuff they say publicly about their strategy. And I won't name the company, uh, Although all this is publicly available information, yeah, they, they launched a new strategy, new CEO did a couple of years ago. I've looked at all of the old projects, and we're making all the money in these two sectors, subsectors. So we're going to focus our efforts on that uh, because we're making two or three percent more margin there than we are elsewhere. So we're going to feather that down and then focus all our efforts on that. Yeah. You name the sectors. So any professional buyer in those sectors worth their salt would want this business on their tender list. Yep. And knows that they get them down to the last knockings and screw 3% out of them. Because they know that they've got more margin. They might be better at actually delivering it, 
that's why they're getting the margin but he knows that now or she it's a game <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but, it, but it shouldn't it's be a ga- it's yeah, well but, people say it shouldn't be a game the market is the way it's structured and yeah. what we see with a lot of these sort of industry efforts that reform it it's an impossible ask because mm. you need both parts of the equation to reform to buy into at it. the same time yeah. and buy into it and it, you know, construction excellence and its predecessors have been trying to do it for over 20 years it's the wrong approach in my view I think it needs to be much more entrepreneurial led and because you can win but the trouble is it's hard to increase your margin if you're a big behemoth yeah without changing something else which would probably mean you your um, business model, which is very scary thing to do if you've got a new business. Yeah, anyway. How are we doing for time? We've got to check my watch very surreptitiously. Um, so, on, so we've had a, uh, we've talked a little bit how the industry perhaps could enhance its uh, reputation, which is probably yeah. about marketing or communications. Is Probably a less dirty word, but it is marketing. It, it is, and I, and I think um, you know it's it, it's not a dirty word. Um, it is a necessity. Um, I think businesses need to kind of um, realise that and be honest about it, yeah. um, and realise that you have to do. I mean, as an engineer, um, marketing is something. I mean, you, you don't really get you start getting more involved in marketing as you progress, as you, you know, get higher and higher up within organisations. And often as engineers, people don't get there. They stay within the technical um, and they don't, you know, build skills in other areas. And I think that's probably another reason why we're not very good at selling ourselves. We just, we stay within something that we're comfortable with and don't want to push out into the other areas, such as marketing, such as um, uh, finance, finance yeah. um, and we're limiting ourselves because no one says that engineers can't be good at marketing or at finance, and <clears throat> a lot of engineers do progress into these areas and become very successful at it. Just one final point on that, because of course a lot of engineers end up being sort of commercial people and go into sort of general contracts management, yeah. and, you know, that kind of thing, or finance sometimes, because they're all numbers, don't they? And people yeah. avoid marketing because they think it's words and pictures. Yeah. Actual fact, quite a lot of marketing is data. And uh, so on that note, let's wrap up this conversation. It's been very insightful, and thank you for joining me today, Ebs. Where can our listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more or, or just... Connect up. Um, I'm well. I'm very <coughs> sorry. I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. Um, so find me there, Ebenezer Aidan Mason, Geofirma. Um, also, link, we, we've got um, a page on LinkedIn which you can also hit in and see what we do. Um, okay, that's great. We'll yeah. put all of those links in the show notes, yeah. so they can watch the video and then uh, have a, get your LinkedIn profile and your company website. So wonderful. And to all of our listeners today, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. We have a new episode every week or so now. Click the subscribe button, turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a single episode. 
While you're at it, we'd appreciate a five-star review. And if you've enjoyed this episode today, please like it and share it, as this helps us reach more listeners. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast or looking to collaborate in other ways, visit us at our website, which is www.inventnatheend.com. The link's in the description and fill out the contact form. And one of my team will be in touch very quickly. See you next time. Bye. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? Head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.